Welcome to the Data Bites podcast by Women in Data, where we give you your weekly bite-sized dose of career development advice, industry case studies, and career stories to help you excel in your data career. Today, I'm chatting with Ashley Scott, award-winning data professional, entrepreneur, and consultant who uses her experience in data analytics and business to encourage and champion diversification of the data practitioner pipeline. In this episode, we chat about the five whys of data, whether you should be a generalist or specialist, how to network and build relationships in a digital environment, and the importance of communication. Anyone who has the pleasure of chatting with Ashley will leave feeling inspired by her thoughtfulness and passion for others succeed. I have had the pleasure of knowing Ashley for a few years, and it was such a wonderful opportunity to reconnect, learn new things, and continue to be inspired by her work. Enjoy. Ashley, welcome to the Data Bytes podcast. I have been looking forward to this conversation for a while because... We have known each other, I don't know, is it two years, three years? Time got a little lost during COVID. And you have been such a light in the women in data community and have volunteered with the Women in Data organization and just helped us in multiple ways. And it's just been so exciting to see your career journey unfold and the advocacy work you're doing. And I just couldn't wait to have this opportunity to talk with you a little bit further. So thanks so much for coming on the Data Bytes podcast. Well, first off, thank you so much for the invitation. I've been a fan of your work for a number of years now and being able to participate in this forum was really special to me because I remember my first encounter with women in data and understanding a little bit more of how there are so many different ways that you can get started, especially jumpstarting your data career. I remember that was one of the panel discussions that I had the opportunity to speak with in the New York City chapter. So now even being here, fast forward about three years now, it it feels unreal. So thank you so much for the opportunity to join you. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. I mean, that's one of the best parts about community. We were chatting about this a little bit before we <laughs> hit record. It's just, it's so fun when you're a part of the community to watch others in the community grow. Like it's probably one of the most rewarding things, I think, is not only growing yourself, but then seeing people who like have a certain goal and they achieve their goal. Like it's almost like you get a share in that win and success in some way. And that's an incredible feeling. So we're going to celebrate some of our successes today. Um, but why I love podcasting is because one of the things I was drafting some questions and I've known you for a few years. I follow you on your, all your social media. I see you in the women in data community. But I was like, I've never asked Ashley, like, how did you first fall in love with data? And so I was like, I need to ask her this question. Of like, was it love at first sight or was it like a slow journey of falling in love? Can you tell us a little bit more about that journey? Absolutely. I think when you're not looking for something, that is the moment that you find it, right? And I remember being a college graduate, I had studied public health, and I said to myself, I wanted to learn a little bit more on the business administration side, but I didn't know where to start. And when I had enrolled in my master's program, master's in business administration, I had heard 
a few buzzwords around talking about data, data analytics. I'd ask my professors, what is this? Um, if you can give me a little bit more insight of how I can get involved, because I'm not a technical person and having a lot of experience prior to graduate school in healthcare, I didn't know if there was a correlation. I ended up taking a few introductory courses and having the opportunity to do a few internships through my graduate school program and seeing how there were opportunities for me to tie in data analytics, public health, or more so the social sciences had really opened the door for me and more so the opportunity for me to see where I could fit in. And that's where I ended up finding my love for data. So I I think that I wasn't looking for it, as I said before, it was something that had to be revealed to me at the time that I didn't know what it was for me to take that jump start. And I think in my experience, seeing that when you're not looking for the opportunity, but you know that you want to expand your skill set, you want to see what else is out there, are really the fundamentals of you becoming a lifelong learner and understanding a little bit more of how you want to assert yourself as a professional and also through your personal skill set as well. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, this is something that you don't just say you do because you even had at one time, you may still your real estate license, I believe, and you explored that avenue for a little while. I mean, you created an amazing scholarship with Data Girl Ash. Like you do all these different things, like you practice what you preach in terms of like, hey, just keep focusing on these skills and what you want to learn and see where it takes you. And I think that's such a great example of like a growth mindset that we talk a lot about in this industry is like just being open to trying and learning new things. So would you say that was like fundamental in you from a kid? Like you were always just a curious person and always open to trying new things and like learning new things. Or was that something that like you've developed as you've gotten older because you've seen the importance of it? I would say that it actually happened over time. And even thinking about um, thank you for uh, calling out for the real estate license aspect of it. It's not something that I typically talk about because I find that when I start sharing a little bit more of like, yeah, I was in public health. I do. I've done real estate before. It's like, wait, what else, you know, what else do you do? And I thought about, you know, just tying in all of the different aspects. And it was funny because when I was studying for my real estate license, one of the things that was really important to me was the data uh, aspect of it. And what I mean by that is thinking with my public health hat on, right? When we think about community building, when we think about where you live and your access to health um, opportunities, whether that's your local supermarket, whether you think about, you know, do you have proper sidewalks to walk on, um, commuting and things like that, it goes back into the deeper dive of, you know, just looking at census data, just looking at different um, community data and where we can see areas that are a little bit more underserved and what, where areas where students are trying to get access to these necessities, right? Especially when we think about avenues in STEM. So I noticed as I started to evolve a little bit more in my professional career or more so undergrad, I developed a curiosity or more so more of a learning mindset to understand how do these things kind of connect between us. And I found that Despite the industry that you're in, data is universal. If you understand, you know, how to ask, you know, the five W's, right? 
it is applicable to any domain that you're you're studying and understanding a little bit more of where I wanted to take my career. Again, I didn't have a technical background. I wanted to understand, okay, maybe if I study it in healthcare, I can, you know, make the link there. And it just happened that, you know, through my exploration phase is when I started to see opportunities that I didn't even think about were now becoming a conversation, a starting point for me. And to get to your original question, I think that is one of the things that has helped me understand a little bit more of how I can elevate in my career and become adaptable. Because as we can see, what applied in terms of like the jobs that were around maybe three, five years ago have evolved, have either you know, expanded to a whole uh, different sector, or they've been able to combine or um, merge with other departments. So I think it's so interesting to see like how they come together and how we have the ability to now for these resources, these training programs that will allow us to understand like if we want to be a part of this and how we can spread the word. Yeah, so the, there's a kind of common question out there, like, should you be a generalist or a specialist? And people usually refer to this in terms of like the tools you use, right? Should like, if I'm getting into AI, should I, you know, be a generalist in it? Or should I be a specialist and just focus on NLP or just focus on computer vision? But I think the same question also applies to industries as well somewhat to what you're speaking about, right? It's like, there's so many industries out there that you could use data in, which makes it very exciting. It also makes it opportunity from whatever background you're coming from, you can be a part of that. And so you're someone who has switched industries multiple times. And as you shared the example, you've pulled information from learning from other industries. So would you tend to say you're more of, a generalist on the industry side of things? And if so, what makes you believe like that's a good path to go? Like, how do you find benefit from potentially being a generalist from an industry perspective? I love that question because even when I was trying to understand how to pitch myself, right, and understand how I can make myself more marketable, I would say in the earlier phase of my career, it was good for me to become a generalist so that I could quickly understand what I was good at, what I didn't like, and what I was willing to do. Because we're always gonna we're always going to have opportunities, but it doesn't mean that it might be the right fit for us. So I would say um, in the beginning of my career, I wanted to just get a feel for any and everything, right? And now that I'm a little bit more I guess, in my field, if you will, and understanding a little bit more of what my domain is and asserting myself, I am in the process of becoming more of a specialist. I think it was important for me just to see what was out there so that I could understand what would be the best fit for me because I didn't have that opportunity in undergrad to try to find out what that was. So if anyone is interested in trying to figure out, you know, generalist or the specialist side, I think it, it depends on where you are, or if you already have a clear idea of where you want to go, then I think you're, you know, you're five steps ahead of the game. But if you want to take more time to understand what that is, also be kind and gentle to yourself in that process, because you know what works best for you. And in terms of like your experience as well, I would love to know if you find that or if you have found that being a generalist has been helpful for you or being a specialist is something that you felt was more important in your career. But we can always chat about that at another time as well. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, have me out of my two cents. I actually love there's images just pop into my mind when people are talking and when you shared that insight about, Hey, I started off more as a generalist just to figure out what I like. Like I saw this image of like a funnel, right. Of like, Hey, you need to explore all these options that will slowly lead you down the path to like what you really love. And one, I just think that's fantastic advice for anybody like starting out because I think there's so much pressure, like, you know, choosing a major in college and then after college that like, you're supposed to like know exactly who you are and have it all figured out. And you kind of, break that fear for people by saying, no, keep trying new things. Like there's always still more figuring out to do. So I think that's just like golden advice for anyone. Um, as far as me personally, I tend to be more of a generalist just because I love exploring new things and creating new things and learning new things. And so that just allows me to keep opening up new pathways. Um, and I would say it's kind of a, a flex of learning new things and then getting specialized in it and then opening up that pathway again. Right. But I think you really nailed it on the head, which is at the end of the day, it's what matters to you. Like if you really like to be an expert in a particular area, do that, right? Like you can find a pathway for it. If that's your love and passion, do it. So I always think that's like great advice to anyone. Cause like my truth is not your truth and whatever works for you. Like if it's, what your true calling is, there's a space for you in this world for that. I think you have said it perfectly. And I love the imagery that you had referred to with the funnel. I'm a very visual learner. So as soon as you said that, it <laughs> blended very well in my mind. <laughs> Same. I'm a visual learner. So that's why when people are talking, I'm already like drawing diagrams in my head and it's all <laughs> popping out from that standpoint. But in regards to kind of transitioning or like, I don't know, I would call it like finding your space in a data career. I know for a lot of people, it can be just a really noisy field, right? There's so many classes, there's so many people on social media you see doing all these things. Like, how do you, if you're transitioning into this, besides trying new things, really like find your space in this area? Yes, I think it is evolving over time because your space when you're starting out might be different than if you already are in the field, you know where you're interested in transitioning, or if you are a little bit more further along and you want to expand your network. One of the things that I found that was very helpful to me was just acknowledging what did I want, right? Um, what was important to me? What did I think I wanted to improve on? Also, getting feedback from my mentorship, uh, people within my mentor circle, my leadership circle, and confiding in them to understand a little bit more of where were areas of improvement that I could work on. And that helped me to become more intentional with the groups that I was seeking um, resources, relationships with, because I didn't want to go into a situation where I was going and I wasn't able to pour into someone else or pour into a group. I wanted it to be mutual where it's like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I bring to the table. These are the skill set or these are the areas of opportunity that I'm looking to expand in. However, or, you know, with that in mind, I am knowledgeable or I am willing to assist in areas A, B, and C. 
let me know if this would be of interest to you or if you know someone that would be interested in this. And even if it wasn't, you know, the right timing where I wanted to connect with folks and, you know, we weren't able to find a mutual time to connect, it was fine. Again, having that open door to say like, hey, do you know of any resources that I can join? I also found uh, on social media as well, whether it was hashtags on LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Instagram as well, and other platforms, um, I was able to find out what was available because looking at what I know, it was interesting because I'm based in New York. The world is so much bigger than New York, right? And for example, even referencing your organization, Women in Data, I remember when we connected and I was part of the leadership team and I was thinking to myself, well, like this meeting's really early. But then for uh, some of the folks that were on the team, it was probably almost like midnight for them, right? And then we had um, other other folks on the call where they were on the west side so it was just so interesting to see that once I got out of my bubble like probably out of my alma mater um out of my networks that I knew here I was able to connect more with um with virtual platforms as well and I I'm so grateful for the opportunity that we have now in this digital revolution if you will because it is a little easier for us to make those connections and I also found that attending conferences was also very helpful because if I didn't have the chance to go in person the virtual session still allowed me to have some type of interaction with the attendees, maybe with the moderators, joining uh, listservs as well. Uh, email listservs was very helpful. And then just being patient again to understand what did I want from this experience and how I was able to, again, give back. Because I think this is what helps relationship building. And sometimes even in conversations, you might share something with me or vice versa that I didn't think uh, I wanted to do or I didn't even know existed and come to find out it's something that we can potentially collaborate on, right? And I think that's how we get inspired. You know, sometimes we'll see others doing things in our field where it's like, for example, we were talking about like fashion and accessories, right? I remember I saw your women in data stickers you could put on your laptops and then I was like, all right, I want to create something too. And then I created um, pins that you can wear like on your shirts and your baseball caps and things like that. So I think that's some of the things that allows us to be in this space, learn and grow with each other. Yeah, I really love what you shared about like giving back is the way to build relationships. And again, for the audience, like I, I can't emphasize this enough, like what Ashley is sharing are things that I have seen her do over the years. I mean, her coming into Women in Data, she was like, hey, how can I help? I have some PR marketing stuff and worked on PR. And like what she's saying is like, go out to people and ask how you can help. Like these are things that you did and I'm a witness of, you know, for the past two years. And it has shown that it has worked in terms of what you've been able to do then personally and grow in your career. So I know in Women in Data, we like to say like you get what you give. And I think like you are just such a great example of that because like you give so much and you continue to soar to new heights. So thank you for setting that example for all of us. It's, it's oh, it is my pleasure. I, I vaguely remember right now I was on my laptop. I found your email and I just wrote you and I don't think 
like prior to me doing the panel discussion at Women in Data, I had the opportunity to uh, to connect with you. It was more so with the leads in New York City. And I was like, hi, Sadie, my name is Ashley. And I, w- I was saying to myself, I don't even know if she's going to read this, but hopefully she does. And now I ended up making a friend and having a really great connection with you over the years. So I would highly recommend to anyone who's just interested in building those relationships, understand that, you know, you can only receive what you are able to put out there into the world. You may not always get your first yes. You might not always get your second yes, but you never know how things kind of work when they're supposed to. Exactly. I've had quite a few guests on the show who are like, don't take yourself out of the equation or don't make yourself be the first no before you even put yourself out there, right? A lot of times, like, we don't even send the email. We've already taken ourselves out of even getting a yes, right? So I think that's always such a great reminder for us. Like, hey, you may not get the yes from that person, but at least you gave the yes to yourself, right? You gave the yes to yourself by sending that email, and that's what's important. So one of the things you also mentioned was expanding your network in the digital age and you have found ways to do this quite seamlessly through social media and events and um, being on podcasts, et cetera, reaching out to people <laughs> through emails. I tend to find people are kind of on the fence of things. They either like connecting with people digitally and they feel comfortable with that, or they like connecting in person. A, do you have a preference? And whatever that preference is, do you have any tips on why you enjoy the preference of either connecting digitally or connecting in real life. Yes, I would say there's nothing that beats a a personal touch when you can get to see the person, uh, have that one-on-one interaction, but understanding that's not always the reality. And I find that sometimes even just being in the room, right, whether it was a virtual interaction or maybe you just happened to be at a conference and you were sitting in the audience, right? As long as you're there, I think that kind of just seals the deal because you can make it what it is. You don't foresee that in the virtual setting, you're always going to have the same experience than in person, but you can still work on the same mannerisms where, okay, if you're in person, you would still have to put in a little bit more effort because you would have to go up to the person. What if, you know, they have a a few folks online waiting to speak to them as well, or you didn't get a chance to catch them. You know, um, you you came across a friend you haven't seen in a long time. It might have just not been able to work, or maybe there was like a schedule conflict versus if you were virtual, if you didn't get a chance to meet with the person um, at that particular time, you can take notes on what you would like to share with them, maybe send them a message. So I feel like it can work to your advantage either way. Um, But I would encourage folks to at least still try, right? Because sometimes when you're hoping to get the experience, when it's in person, and I know this happened to me, I'd applied for a conference, um, I'd applied for a scholarship aspect of it, and then the pandemic had, had unfortunately came what we now know as our reality. And I wasn't able to attend the conference that pushed back at least two years. And then when the two-year mark came, it was in person, I wasn't able to attend. I could attend virtually, but I had other things that were in my schedule. So again, 
we can't always foresee what's going to happen, but as long as we have the opportunity to be there, we can always try to find ways to navigate, whether again, I, I was saying you can get the person's email, make a note of what they had said or something memorable that you wanted to share with them. And even if you don't hear the response back from the person, right, you can always share it on your social media. And sometimes we never know who really sees our content when we tag somebody or, you know, if it gets shared to the person that we wanted to, to kind of highlight. And seeing what comes about that, because sometimes our first impressions, we're not always able to do them again, right? So having that opportunity to say, you know what, I'm going to make the best out of the situation and try my, you know, try my hardest to see how I can make that connection or at least be in the presence of, you know, other folks that I resonate with is always a plus, I, I would say. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And you really broke down the barriers in terms of like, hey, it may seem a little bit different digitally to connect with people, or it may seem different in person, but really the same principles apply, right? And one of those is just be kind. And you never know how far like kindness and compliments and like, just sharing maybe what you learn from someone will go. I think that a that expands whether it's in a digital world or a physical world. Um, it's great when we find those principles that kind of expand the test of time digitally and physically. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so I know you're someone who always is learning and growing and expanding. I'd love to know, like, what are the, some of the things you're currently learning and like, how do you see the future of data careers evolving over the next couple of years? I'd say one of the things that I've learned, or I'll actually highlight two of them. So from the Data Girl Ash aspect of it, and when I refer to Data Girl Ash, I'm referring to the platforms that I use on social media to advocate and to educate others who don't come from a traditional tech background, but are interested in getting into the field as that was, you know, just speaking to my younger self and, and my journey over the few years that I've been able to adapt from healthcare into data analytics. And I've learned a little bit more from an entrepreneur side of it, how I can help others and expand from the business aspect to help and encourage and motivate others in the field. Because a lot of times when we see that it's so easy, right, or it appears to be easy on social media, like, oh, okay, all you just need to do is a boot camp class or uh, do what the 100 days of cold challenge and you will be set for success for the job. But sometimes we don't always see, you know, the, the times that we get, you know, we don't always get the answers that we want when it comes to the job applications or how to interview. That was something that was very challenging for me because the styles of interviews, especially for technical roles, is very different from what I was used to. And it doesn't mean that I wasn't capable of doing it. It just means that I just didn't have the training or understand how that works. What are the questions that I need to ask? What will be asked of me and what I need to be mindful of, right? And those are some of the things that I've been able to pick up over the last few months specifically on how to understand how I can communicate with others, again, coming from a non-technical background and equipping them with the skills and resources that they need to be confident in these 
in these areas because it's very stressful to apply for a job. And even when you're looking, when you're not looking, it requires a significant amount of your time and your energy, right? And another aspect of it from the professional side with my new role is more so working with product management. And again, speaking from your experience, Sadie, being a generalist, not um, not understanding a little bit more of like how each thing may work in its entirety, but understanding a little bit more of like, so what is this and how I'm able to assert myself and how I'm able to use or transfer some of my previous skills in this domain. And again, prior to um, working in product management, my experience was in data analytics. Before that, it was more so in healthcare. So understanding a little bit more of how I'm able to use those previous uh, skills and then equipping myself within my organization now to see like, okay, how can I be a admin member and be agile, understanding a little bit more of how I can understand how this process works and how I'm able to assert myself as a leader and an advocate, especially for others who are interested in that same path are some of the things that I'm in my learning phase of, of this year. It, it sounds incredible. We both are sharing a passion of the learning phase of communication. This is one that like, no matter what aspect I am in my career, I'm always feeling like I'm learning to communicate. In the early days, it was like, how do I communicate what I did technically? And then it moved into like, how do I communicate and lead teams? And then it moved into like, how do I communicate and lead teams of teams, right? And so like communication is the one for me that has stood over the test of time, no matter what, I feel like it's going to be something that I'm always working on. Because there's just as you mentioned with the interviewing, there's new audiences who you're trying to communicate with, right? Whether that be you're doing a technical interview or a non-technical interview. And so understanding those differences in your communication style is really important. So we'll have to exchange some notes on communication and, and what yes. we both learned there. <laughs> yes, I feel that my, <laughs> I have like a running list of like words, phrases, acronyms that I've learned over time. And I said to myself at this point, I feel like I can write like a little cheat sheet or a book because the amount of things that I didn't know, maybe like even five months ago, is that constant part of communication where if you're expanding out of your team, right? And now you're talking to business leaders, stake, um, stakeholders, uh, the more technical folks, non-technical folks, like, can you still communicate or give that storytelling aspect where everyone, I mean, I, I would be um, a little ahead of myself if I said everyone understood the message, you know, in the same way, right? Because we all interpret information differently. But if we get the gist of what you're talking about, it is very important because, again, you are the individual that will help to reduce those data silos and the jargon that is often attached to the the technical aspect of it. And sometimes it can feel um, a little overwhelming, a little challenging when this is your first time uh, hearing about it or not being familiar with how the processes work. Because again, once you have that training or you have the fundamental aspect of it, it's like, oh yeah, this makes sense. But we all came from a place where we didn't know. <laughs> yes, I think that's so important for all of us to remember like, whether we're a data leader or we're entering 
a career in data, like at one time, all of us didn't know, right? And there was somebody who translated for us. So there was that click in our brain where those neurons fired together and wired together where we had the aha moment and said, yes, this makes sense. And so one, if you do know, it gives you a lot more patience to those who don't. And if you don't know, then it's a good reminder that, hey, we all started there at some point. Absolutely. And I think also, um, as we become leaders in our field, right, again, understanding that that middle point where we know what we're talking about and building that confidence, being assertive and to say, like, in these particular roles, understanding like the personality traits that allow you to be in these spaces as well because as we climb up the ladder we may or may not see folks that always look like us so being mindful cognizant of that and again as we had talked about having the opportunity to pay it forward having conversations like this where we're able to share our journey a little bit because something that you've been able to do for example um leading in the teaching aspect and teaching in a virtual environment, that was something that was very motivating for me and understanding like, wow, could I do something like that? What could I, um, what could I learn from you? And then also share with you in my journey of how, or if I'm able to do it. So it's very inspiring to see other uh, individuals who are in your space doing a a bit of what you're doing, maybe not always doing what you're doing and how you guys can learn from each other. Yeah, and I think that just really sums up like the power of community, right? It's like learning from each other as we started the conversation, seeing each other's success and celebrating in each other's success. And I'm just so happy that community is what brought us together um, so that I can continue to learn from you and celebrate in your success. So thank you for coming on and sharing your success with us, sharing your wisdom with us, and and sharing your advice with us. It's been a pleasure. It is always a great time connecting with you and being part of your platform as well in your community has been one of the gems that I've carried along with me along the way. Anytime anyone asks me, hey, you know, how have you been able to build a community? Do you know anyone I can connect with? I'm the first place I'm telling them is about women in data. So thank you so much for even allowing us to have the opportunity to connect with folks, make friends, uh, connections, understanding a little bit more of we are more than what we may see ourselves because someone else may see so much more potential in us that we might not always see in ourselves. And I thank you for allowing us to have that platform to do that. Well, my pleasure. It's hearing stories from members like yourself that really inspire me. Um, But it wouldn't be a Data Bytes episode or podcast if we didn't have some fun with some rapid fire questions, because I'm so interested to hear your response to some of these. So if you are ready before we shut everyone off and close this episode, um, are you ready to dive into some rapid fire questions? I'm ready. (laughs) All right. So start off a little easy. (laughs) What song do you currently have on repeat? What song do I currently have on repeat? That's a good one. Okay, so Beyonce has her new song, Break My Soul. And I... I was inspired by it. I remember like I heard the beat it was very uh it was very fun. It was like anyone can dance to it. So that is a song on repeat. 
Oh, okay. We are right on the track there because I have that one on repeat right now as well. And I also read articles how it's kind of about the great resignation and women feeling burnt out. And I was like, yes, Beyonce does it again by summing up everything that's going on. In the yes. Life, so. <laughs> Love it. Favorite place you've traveled? Favorite place I've traveled? I would say one of my favorite places was Cabo, Mexico. That was a really great time. <laughs> this is amazing. I One of my favorite places is Cabo. And I'm like, I have known you for so long. And this is why I love interviewing people because <laughs> I get to learn new things still. We are in sync. It doesn't matter how long, yes. you know, we've had our last conversation. I know that we always pick up on, you know, where we just last left off. <laughs> exactly. Happiness is? Happiness is your mindset. If you think mm -hmm. it, you claim it. I think happiness is allowing you to feel it. In the next five years, I hope to. In the next five years, I hope to. Can it be more than one word? Or does it have to be one word? It can be multiple. <laughs> In the next five years, I hope to continue making a difference, a positive difference. To me, curiosity is curiosity. Let's see. To me, curiosity is staying open, mm -hmm. having a, a open kind of thought process, not being closed-minded. You want to be able to explore a little bit more of, you know, what you were given. I like I these that. questions. Well, thank you for having some fun and being brave to take on the rapid fire questions. Yes. <laughs> um, this has been fantastic. You have some amazing social media channels from Instagram and the reels you post to social media. But if people want to stay connected and learn more, what's the number one place you recommend that they go to connect with you? Yes, I would highly recommend if you would like to stay in contact with me, feel free to contact me on my social media handles. So on my Twitter and my Instagram, I am Data Girl Ash. And if you'd like to connect with me on LinkedIn as well, I'm also Data Girl Ash. If you would like to connect with me on a more personal level, my LinkedIn is Ashley M. Scott MBA. So feel free to connect with me if all else fails. I also check my emails. So you can feel free to send me a message at contact at datagirlash.com. I love it. Well, we'll be sure to include all those links in the show notes. Again, Ashley, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been a true pleasure. And I'm inspired every time I talk to you and learn new things. So thank you. Thank you again for the opportunity for joining you today. And I look forward to connecting with you soon. Have a great night. Thank you. And to all our listeners, we want to say a big thank you. Remember to stay curious and keep learning. And we will catch you next time on the Data Bytes podcast. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> If you're looking for more resources to further your data career or find your tribe, we encourage you to become a member at womenindata.org. See you on the other side. <laughs>